to the Prophecy Club. Today we're going to talk about entitlements <laughs> and actually also some uh, Benjamin Fulford updates he's got for you. First of all, Shane Warren, as you recall, said that he had a vision and he said he saw dollars blowing in the wind, worthless as leaves, and then he heard or he actually saw signs that said, we want our entitlements. We want our entitlements. Well, now, of course, Donald Trump and the Democrats are in war over the southern border wall. Now, Hal Turner says that if the shutdown continues past February the 1st, the checks from the government will get cut off. Now, the interesting part of that is Terry Bennett also said that when the checks from the government stop coming, the trouble will ensue. Now, you remember the warning from Dimitri said the fall of America would start with an internal revolution. Some people call it a civil war. Started by the communists. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. It's not totally there yet, but we're certainly marching that direction. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two other countries will attack and defeat America in one day and one hour. So great riches will come to naught. Now, in talking with Dimitri back in, oh my goodness, 1988, February is when I first contacted him, he told me, now this is not a thus saith the Lord, this is Dimitri's opinion. And of course, just because you're a prophet and hear from God like Dimitri did, you still have your opinion. And Dimitri told me that in his opinion, it would be something like the government cuts off welfare. Well, la-di-da, here we are, brothers and sisters. We are in the shutdown of the century. As you know, <laughs> I think it's funny because Pelosi has uninvited Donald Trump to speak at the uh, House facility. And, of course, he uninvited her to fly on an airplane. So <laughs> uh, I, they're in a, a blood fight. Well, that is the point. There is an anger in the hearts of many Americans. Be you right or be you left, it seems like you're against the other one. So let's go to the next point. Headline, NSA, TSA workers in Houston protest shutdown. Quote, make America work again. So this comes to us from Politics, dated one fifteen of 2019. Oh, by the way, I do have some scoop on the uh, the whole earthquake thing. Yes, that's really, really big, but I'm probably going to be turning that into a video later on today, which, by the way, if you have not watched my videos, I know there's a lot of you just listen to the radio broadcast, but let me really encourage you, you really should go to YouTube and uh, just just go to YouTube, type in Prophecy Club channel, and then click on the picture that has the picture of me, the round picture, and then go in there and look at some of our videos. Now, here's how you know the difference. If it has a picture on it, that's the radio program. But if it only has text in big letters, that is a video. Go in there and watch some of those videos. I had one that was put out like a month ago, and at last check, it's getting up pretty close to 750,000 views. Now, for prophecy, that's viral. That's that's big. That's big. Anyway, uh, I think the last one I just put out here, what, a week ago, already has over 50,000 views on it. So people are in the early phases of beginning to listen to this. Okay, so anyway, back to what we're talking about. So we're talking about we want our entitlements. We're talking about the big civil war, the internal revolution is going on 
And now we're specifically talking about the battle between the Trump and the Democrats. Okay, it says dozens of furloughed federal workers rallied outside NSA's Johnson Space Center in Houston on Tuesday, demanding that President Donald Trump at the Congress end the partial government shutdown immediately. The protest, organized by the Texas Gulf Coast Area Labor Federation of AFL-CIO United Employees from NASA, the Transportation Security Administration and other federal agencies, in a plea for reserved pay. They say, now this is some of the, listen to what, listen to what the signs or what their comments are. They're saying, make America work again. Is that we want our entitlements? No, but it's getting close to that. Protesters chanted. Some hoisted signs in the air that stated, let me do my job, unquote. And will science for food. Uh, it doesn't exactly make a lot of sense. Will science, and then the number for food, meaning, hey, I'll do your science if you pay me. <laughs> next one, Mitch McConnell, the ball's in your court, unquote. The next one, end the shutdown, unquote. The next one, don't hold us hostage for your political promise, end quote. And went on to say this furloughed NASA employee says, I know some people are calling it a paid vacation, but it's not. This furloughed, furloughed financial management specialist at NSA and president of her local chapter of the, she goes on to who cares, let me go without a paycheck and see how far they get, she said. How long is the mortgage company or the lot company going to be understanding? We have bills to pay. Our savings can only last for so long. Well, I have a couple of things to say about that. Uh, now, I can't say too much too loud and too long because I don't even have a savings account. I personally have not had... <laughs> I've been too broke. <laughs> I haven't had a savings account. Ugh. I don't even think I've ever had a savings account since I've been in the ministry. It's always been hand-to-mouth, it seems like. But uh, I'm not complaining. God has paid me more than I deserve. He has given me better vacations that I have earned. And he is the best boss in the whole world. And you people out there, I love you to pieces. And you're good. And we, look, brothers and sisters, we are going to rejoice in heaven something powerful. But uh, as a matter of fact, here, let me just jump in there and say something else about that. About a year ago, it began coming to Leslie and I. Uh, and I probably ought to pull this up. I'm, I don't know. What am I doing saying this? I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm getting personal here. Okay, so uh, give me just a second here. Let me pull this up here. So about a year ago, Leslie and I began to wonder, how come I never get any speaking engagements? So I've been on the radio 25 years. There was a time we were in the number two prophecy ministry in America. And I'll tell you something else. So I guess it was about October of 1999. The Lord spoke to my heart in the office one day, and he said, I'm taking Prophecy Club down. And I thought, oh, I, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. I didn't want to believe that. Well, sh shortly after that, when Y2K didn't happen, boy, Prophecy Club went down. I mean, we were in 80 radio stations, and in one day, I'll never forget it, March 20th of 2000, we went from 80 radio stations to 20 radio stations in one day. It had taken me seven years 
to work up and to build all of those relationships and all of those stations. And in one day it was gone. Most is the worst day of my life. And so for about now 19 years, we have been on the backside of the desert. And despite everything I can do, we were not able to progress and move forward. But at the same time, we knew it was all a test. We knew that there would be a time that God would raise us up. Okay, so here's the story. About a, a year ago, Leslie and I began to, how come Stan never gets any speaking invitations? How come Prophecy Club is not doing any better? Well, so we even asked our agent, and he had his opinions. So that night, she prayed, and she said, Lord, I want to know. I want to know why it is that Stan never gets any speaking invitations. So this was, here it is, I pulled it up, August 12th of 2015. I guess that's a little bit more than a year, old, year ago. Anyway, August 12th, 2015. She said, Stan and I were behind a bush, and it had green leaves and a lot of fruit and flowers on it. We could see other ministries across from us, and I asked, why can't they see us? Why can't they see our message? Stan said, well, if we move over there behind that bush, maybe they can see us. So we ran over to the bush nearby, but it only had a few leaves on it, and you could see right through it, and then we, get, we began to see bugs crawling all over it had no fruit, had no flowers on it. So we decided that wasn't any good. So we got away from that uh, infested no fruit bush and we went back to our bush. So we decided, even if other ministries could not see us now to invite us in to speak and minister, it was better to stay with the bush that we were behind because it had fruit and leaves and flowers on it. Now, here's the interpretation. I believe that God has kept Prophecy Club on the backside of the desert, kind of like he did Moses, until it's time that Moses walked right in and spoke with the leader of what was, in those days, the world, as in he was the Pharaoh, Pharaoh of Egypt. And in those days, Egypt was the wealthiest nation in the world by far. Moses walked right in and spoke with him. Now, I believe that God is in the process of raising up Prophecy Club in these days. This book that I've written, <laughs> I mean, I'm not prepared to talk about the book. I don't have all my notes here, but I'm just going to talk from, from the heart here for just a second. I have to say, brothers and sisters, I, I did not know anything. I did not know anything that is in this book two years ago. So two years ago, when I started memorizing the book of Revelation, to me, it was only a project. I mean, I'd memorize, uh, first of all, I didn't think I was very good at memorizing scripture anyway, but I memorized uh, first Psalm 24, and I enjoyed that. I thought, well, hey, let's go to Psalm 91. So I memorized that, and I thought, wow, I didn't know I could memorize. <laughs> Look, I'm be just being honest with you, okay? So then I thought, and it was, it was laid in my heart to memorize the book of Revelation. Well, <laughs> I wasn't going to tell anybody because I didn't really think I'd be able to memorize it, and I didn't want to, you know, get started into it and fail and flop. And <laughs> so I started. Well, it was it was several months before I saw that. Well, you know, maybe I can actually memorize this. But as I started memorizing it, something happens that I did not know or even think of. Never had a thought across my mind that this might happen, and that was I started getting revelations. Now. Let me try to define for you what a revelation is, and I can give you several examples. Uh, revelation is when you see something deeper in the scriptures. It's based upon the scriptures, but what it does is help you to understand the scriptures. All right, let me give you an example. 
Well, here I am. I'm totally off topic, <laughs> but I'm on the topic, so I'll go ahead and go. Okay, so this was toward the end. I think this is one of the last revelations I got when the book was, uh, well, when, when the revelations were about to stop. I hadn't started writing the book yet. So I remember it was a Sunday afternoon. Uh, Leslie, uh, my wife, had gone over to my daughter's house. Uh, they were having a shower for her as she was having her second child. And so I had the Sunday afternoon myself. Well, I had studied the Bible all Friday evening and then all day long Saturday. And so I was Bibled out. So I thought, I believe I'm just going to get me a Jack Reacher novel down here and just read and and just just get away from the Bible a little bit. So I'm reading along in this Jack Reacher. Look, I mean, this is just the way it happened, okay? So I'm reading along in this Jack Reacher novel. And all of a sudden, the, the, the word of the Lord came to me. Now, it wasn't, in this case, an audible word, but I mean, it, it was, I, I, don't, I, I don't think, I don't, how, do, how did it happen? How do I explain this? It was, uh, I, think it, I think I would say that it was a knowing that came to my heart, but I did not hear words, but I heard words. Good for you, if you can figure that one out. So anyway, and it said, what is the name on the forehead of the 144,000? I thought, okay, all right, well, here, let me quote that verse. Uh, uh, Revelation 14, 1, I looked, and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Sion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I thought, okay. I will say, well, it's got to be... <laughs> God, or I mean, you know, Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey, or Yahweh, or maybe Yeshua, or Jesus, or something like that. I never thought it was that important. And went back to reading. Well, <laughs> the question came to me again. What is the name on the forehead of the 144,000? I thought, well, if you're asking that question again, then that must be important. So I put my finger in the book, closed the book, and I quoted the verse to myself again. I looked, and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Sion, with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. I said, Lord, it's got to be God, or Jesus, or Messiah, or yod Hey vav Hey or Yeshua, or something like that. I said, okay, so I'm going to say it's uh, either yod Hey vav Hey or Yeshua. Uh, kind of like the game show, that's my final answer, you know. And I went back to reading. Well, here comes the answer, only this is the third time. And it was telling me what I had basically thought was wrong. And he said, no, it is the earthly father's name. And I thought, really? Really? I mean, okay, so why is that so important? Well, I put that answer in my book, and I don't have all the scriptures here, but I explained to you, once I had done the research on it, why... It is his earthly father's name. Now, here's the brief story on it. Again, in the book, it explains all of that with all the scriptures. Again, I'm, I'm not prepared. I wasn't planning on talking about this, so I'm not prepared to give you all of those scriptures. But I will say this. You remember that David was up on top of the, uh, the house, and he saw Bathsheba bathing. Now, she's married to Uriah the Hittite. She's not exactly free, but David sees her. And so he tells his right-hand man, Hey, I want her. So the right-hand man goes over, and he gets Bathsheba to come over, and he lays with Bathsheba, and then he arranges for Uriah the Hittite, her husband, 
to be killed in battle. So then he wound up marrying her, making her one of his wives, and she got she was pregnant and she had a child. But because of his infidelity, that child died at seven years old. Well, what he laid in my heart was that one of the 144,000 will be that child. Of course, that's another thing. Uh, you know, I'm kind of jumping. <laughs> look, I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave the thought there. We're going to try to get back to what I was going to talk about today. But the point is, is, is I want to say, when I start talking about this book, and I'll probably do that here in the next few broadcasts, I'll have all of the information in front of me so that we can discuss this. But I'm going to tell you right quick. I, I made three DVDs trying to explain this. And what God finally spoke to my heart is the things that are in the book really can't be explained by a video. And that's with charts and everything else. And in other words, there's sometimes some things can only be explained. This is another thing I learned. Sometimes some things can only be explained in writing, meaning. And this is what all three of the editors that I had read through my book, all three of them made this comment. And they said that there were times reading through it when I would have to go back and reread that sentence and stop and think about it for a minute before I could go on reading. It's that deep. In other words, the deep things of God are not easily understood, which is why the Bible is in writing. We, look, we've all done this. We've all been reading the Bible, and we read something, we stop, we say, huh? We go back and read that again, we probably blink a few times, we may even pray, we may even have to research to begin to understand, to figure out what the Bible is saying. Well, that's why he had me write the book, because the, all of the three people, well, actually, there's three editors and one other friend that has read the book. All of them, all of them say that as soon as they get done reading the book, they have to say, well, I'm going to have to turn around and reread the book because it is that deep. Now, again, I'm not trying to say that I'm a smart guy. I'm trying to say <laughs> it wasn't written by me. I'm trying to say it, this is a God book. I'm not going to say it's canon. In other words, it's like on the order of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and Revelation. It's not. But I'm going to say it's not, it's not at the Stan Johnson level either. I mean, when, after I'd sent it off to the editors, and then for the final edit, and they sent it back to me and said, "Okay, well now you know we're done with it, made all the corrections, and you know the, I mean there was like rain. Okay, is that R A I N, or is that R E I G N? Which rain is that supposed to be? Is that run as in what paint does?" Or is that run as in what water does? Or what what word is, what's the proper tense and things like that? So they sent it back and they said, you need to reread it one more time. <clears throat> I thought, really? And then, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Leslie, that has written eight books, I think it is, says you need to go back and read it one more time. I thought, you know, hit me in the nose. But <laughs> I mean, I'm done with it. <laughs> don't make me go back and read it again. Said, okay, okay, okay. So I started reading through it again, having set it down for it. It had been like a couple of months since I had had anything to do with it. And as I was reading along, it, it occurred to me, I didn't write this. It, it occurred to me, this is not me. I, matter of fact, there were many places I don't remember writing this. I, I don't remember. Did I write this? What I'm trying to say is the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit wrote this book. Again, it's not on canon level. I'm not trying to say that. 
I did not hear an audible voice for every word in the book, but I know that the book was heavily, heavily inspired. Why? Well, I'm not trying to impress anybody with me or my wisdom. It's because we're in the last days. Because God is about to use a lot of people, including me, but including you too. We're all about to see, I mean, dreams and visions. Your old men will dream dreams and young men will see. I think I said that backwards. Anyway, there's a big change about to happen. Well, that's the reason because we're in the last days, brothers and sisters. So anyway, the point is, as I was reading through the book, remember, I already told you this story. I'll, I'll tell you again. I guess it was probably 15 years ago. I remember I was still living in Topeka at the time. And I was talking to this guy that uh, might possibly be a speaker. And all of a sudden, I began to yawn. And the yawns got so bad, I couldn't even talk for yawning. And finally, I got the message that it was the Lord saying, no, don't have this person in to speak at the Prophecy Club. So I finally, you know, being the bright guy that I am, not, (laughs) I finally got the message. Okay, so when the, the Lord is making me yawn, that's probably saying a no. Now, from time to time, only from time to time that would happen. And when I started writing this book, something else happened. I'm talking about when I physically sat down and started typing it out. I began there. I just felt it. I began to get the anointings. Now, the way they they begin to come on in the early phases, I'll feel, you know, like if someone comes up behind you and they just touch one hair on your head and you feel just one hair moving. Sometimes the anointings are that subtle. Sometimes it feels like a few hairs are being touched. Sometimes it feels like a crown is being put on my head. Sometimes it feels like there's a heaviness right down the center of my, of my head. So it's it's different ways, but I can I can tell. Matter of fact, sometimes it comes on my forehead, like a, a real itch on my forehead. So it's different kinds of anointings. But as I was writing the book, when I would run across something, matter of fact, there were several things in the book that I really wanted to put in there, but I kept, <laughs> I kept yawning. So I thought, all right, I wanted to put this in there, but it's not my book, Lord, it's your book. Okay, fine, I'll take it out. So I took it out. I mean, like, for example, the, uh, the, the story about what, where I heard the audible voice say, two men will get on a plane with a virus, and before the plane can land, everyone on board will be dead. This will be the beginning, beginning of the end of the public air transportation. Remember that? I was going to put that in the book. He said, no. I kept yawning, so I had to take that out. But on the other hand, through all, and just like I'm feeling the anointing right now, but I, mean, I guess I'm supposed to be saying this. But on the other hand, I would feel the anointing all the way through the book, And there were places in there where I didn't feel the anointing. I would say it this way. When I got a yawn, it was definitely no, take that out. When I got an anointing, then I knew that that was a definite yes. And then there were places in there where I got neither. In other words, it's more like that was his permission. Yes, go ahead and say that. But uh, what I'm trying to say is this is... You know, it, it's a it's a risky thing to say it's a supernatural book. It's it's a risk. I mean, I'm all, I know, I know. I'm almost getting close to saying that this is this whole book is thus saith the Lord. I'm I'm not trying to do that. It's not canon. It's not on the level of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's not on the level of the writings of Apostle Paul. I know that. I'm not trying to say that. 
But I am trying to say it's not on Stan Johnson's level either. It's not on flesh and blood level. I, I, maybe that's the way it's said. I think I would say it is definitely not on flesh and blood level. I will also say to anyone that has heard every one of my talks on Bible prophecy, seen every one of my videos on Bible prophecy, you do not have what is in this book. This book is much deeper than anything I have ever said. And I see why he had me write it. You know, I had a, he gave me a vision telling me to write the book. And he said that the book would sell. Well, I guess now since we're, I'm totally off, <laughs> off track for what I was going to say in this broadcast, I, I probably should go ahead and tell you about the book. Okay, so here's the deal. The average book out there has about forty to 50,000 words. This book has 85,000 words. Matter of fact, one publisher said that they weren't certain that they wanted to carry the book because it was too long. They said, perhaps you should cut some out of it. So when you get the book and it looks thin, it's not really thin. We printed it on thin Bible paper, six by nine, so which is the typical Bible size. So you can slip it right in with your Bible. One, we ask a donation of $20, but I don't want you to get one book. Instead, I want you to call in and get five books for $30 or 10 for 55 One book is 20 five books is 30 10 books is 55 One for 20 I don't want you to get that, or five for 30 or 10 for 55 I want you to get the 10 for 55 Now, the reason is because I want you to give those other nine books away to people that you know, even if they're not into Bible prophecy. A lot of times they're not into Bible prophecy because they don't understand it. They start reading this book. Matter of fact, you start reading this book. You start reading it. You start reading the book and you will start handing the books around because this book helps people to understand the end times and helps them to understand Bible prophecy. You go to prophecyclub.com. One book is 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. You get the book. You don't have to read, but probably through the first chapter, and you will be handing the book around to other people. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your gifts of support. God bless. 30 years ago, God began to give me prophecies saying that one day he was going to use me to win thousands upon thousands of souls to his kingdom, including an audible voice, a vision, a dream, and six prophetic words. I believe that I've been directed to organize a meeting to release sevenfold miracles. We're asking those who believe in the warning given to Dimitri, that America is the mystery Babylon, willing to sow a key of David's seed, willing to commit to a three-day consecutive fast, and believe we are in the last days to come to this crusade. During this crusade, we're asking people to walk the steps of Moses by observing Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits, which is April 19 through 22. We believe that once we have fasted, sown the key of David, opened the doors, and followed the steps of Moses, God is going to release the sevenfold miracles like no person or angel in history has ever seen. If you want to attend, register at sevenfoldmiracles.com. There's only 500 seats available. We expect to have several thousand wanting to come. That's sevenfoldmiracles.com. Register while there's still room. Sevenfoldmiracles.com. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation just as a simple project. Surprisingly, I began to receive information on 30 revelations and two visions beyond what is found in the Bible. God showed me a secret door, which is based upon a single word found in Revelation and Leviticus, linking the feasts to the prophecies. 
When linked, a person enters into an understanding of Bible prophecy not previously known. Even though I've been in the world of Bible prophecy for 40 years, frankly, I did not know anything of what is in this book. One prophetic word described it this way. There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open to you. It will turn so many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Topics are Jesus returns on what feast? The secret of the feasts. Who are the two witnesses? What is the morning star? The judgment seat explained. The great white throne explained. The nations explained. What is the shout? And the parables explained. Seals, trumpets, and vials go in what order? Two amazing prophecy charts on the back flap, 12 inches by 9 inches. Imagine a book on prophecy that brings a fresh, new, accurate perspective. I don't want you to get one book for $20. I want you to get five books for $30 or 10 for 55 It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Available at prophecyclub.com. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. One for 20. No, 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 don't do that. You want to get five for 30 or the best deal, 10 for 55. Prophecyclub.com. At watchprophecyclub.com, you can have instant access to over 200 titles on a recurring monthly subscription of $20 or yearly for $200. At watchprophecyclub.com. That's $6,000 worth of information at watchprophecyclub.com. That's watchprophecyclub.com. What a deal.